This is Judy Jean Kwan, your host. America Redefined is a part personal diary, part interview, and part resource podcast for immigrants, where we explore the American immigrant experience, and I want to share with you what it's really like to be an immigrant in America. Go back to where you came from. That is a statement that is told to us immigrants quite often. I understand that it is a statement to let you know that you are not welcomed or wanted here. But in this episode, let's explore what it means to go back to where you came from and the realities. Angela was born in Korea and she is a 19-year-old PK kid. PK is short for pastor's kid. Korea has one of the largest Christian communities in the world and has many Christian people following their religious faith. And Angela's dad came to Ohio to pursue his religious studies and to be a pastor in hopes of starting his own congregation in the States when she was two years old. And here is Angela's experience in America. I, was, I went to Ohio. Um, let me see. 1999, 2000. I just remember seeing <laughs> tornadoes. Because, <laughs> you know, Ohio's like that dust town, like... um. A lot of tornadoes happened. I just remember seeing my first tornado. It was like off in the distance and my mom was so nonchalant. She's like, just close the door, go to bed. <laughs> I just remember not seeing Asians around. Um, if I have to dig back into my memory, the only thing I remember is having a completely white neighborhood. I had a, I, it's a really fond memory of um, when I lived in Ohio. The families accepted my family and like we played together. So yeah, it was just great time. Great like childhood upbringing there. So now when I moved to LA, I was the age to attend preschool. So maybe four, five-ish. SoCal. He actually um, had his own church when we moved to LA. I guess on the side, he was also um, working as a taxi driver. A lot of his customers were mainly Korean. <laughs> Everyone was Korean. I just remember seeing a lot of Koreans um, only talking Korean. I also went to a regular um, kindergarten school. And that was when I was introduced to like Hispanics, whites, blacks. I feel like definitely having had grown up here in LA got me more intact with my Korean culture like it's so diverse here so i got to get closer to like filipinos vietnamese people i don't know like whenever i talk to friends from like like georgia or i had one current friend from florida what i had um in the thing like in the tips of my fingers they didn't have a lot of pastors family move around a lot um but I also moved to San Diego, and that's where, I guess, being Korean got hard. <laughs> San Diego and Ohio, like, they share a common thing. It's mostly white people. So when I moved to San Diego, I was maybe seven. 
And I stayed there until fourth grade. So until like 11, being Korean in a completely white neighborhood, it's just kind of like, mom and dad, how come we're, we don't live in a big house like them? Or mom and dad, how come we can't keep a dog? Or why are we driving around a van with like Korean letters on it? Because it was our church van. <laughs> that was one of my biggest like, like WTFs about um, like my parents. In this like completely white neighborhood, it has like my church telephone number and like the Korean like name of the church. So I just felt so embarrassed. Okay, so what what is that? Are you guys like a Chinese food delivery? Like what are you guys? Thankfully, I did not face any of that. But it was just more of an inner like battle, like me um, not fitting in and just my parents kind of humiliating themselves, you know. It was definitely um, facing hardships when it came to like my parents just being really Korean. <laughs> and a lot of my friends from school, they all have parents that have established themselves here and um, they have a really good paying job. So they have houses, they have this nice car, they have pets, they have like a cleaner. But then like my like my family just lived in an apartment, you know. So like going around to these houses, I'd be like, wow, you have a nanny? Wow, you have a, like a snack cupboard? I don't have that. That's weird. I had a friend named um, Emily. I was so excited to go to her house because... She said she had all these toys and like we could do a bubble bath together. I'm like, I've never done a bubble bath. So as soon as I went to her house, her parents weren't around and it was her nanny. So I'm like, oh, is that your mom? She looks really young. It's like, no, no. She's like my nanny. I'm like, oh, a nanny. What's a nanny? So I think that was the oddest thing ever. Just having someone that's not your family, um, like taking care of you while your parents are working. Most of the time when I grew up, my Korean friends never had nannies or babysitters. It was always their stay at home mom take like tending for their child. So I think seeing a nanny was the weirdest thing. Second thing was um, like my Korean name. It's Yerang. My dad spelled my name as Y-E-R-A-N-G. I remember just growing up and hated going to school if we had substitutes because if a substitute came, he or she didn't know how to pronounce my name. I guess kids made fun of me just because the teacher mispronounced my name. But then they were really also supportive at the same time because they'd laugh, but then they'd be like, no, teacher, it's Yerang, not Yerang. And then around my middle school years, I moved back to Korea. The main catalyst behind us moving back to Korea, even if we've lived here for like 12 years, was because of the financial issues they're facing. In the ministry, unless you serve a big church, you don't really get much um, income back. So I think they just found more hope and faith moving back to korea and, and then health came into like an issue so my parents tried but i think korea was just more appropriate it was a big maturing experience both good and bad i was like oh korean dramas make korea look so like so fun to live in i'm gonna have my that one rich boyfriend or like meet k-pop stars <laughs> here we go i fantasized korea just by um the media consumption. Not every immigrant that makes it to America achieved their American dream. And if it was anything like what my dad or my grandmother experienced here in the United States, I'm sure things were difficult for them and they probably never fit in.
trying to fit into a foreign country and a new society is really difficult when you're middle-aged. My grandmother, towards the end of her life, after my dad passed away, asked me numerous times to send her back to Korea. She wanted to go back to her home country. But in reality, that was impossible. Because for my grandmother, the Korea that she remembered was Korea of 1980s. And I think she even digressed back to her childhood. And the Korea I think she was referring to was the Korea of... 1930s, 1940s, to the days of farms and buggies (laughs) and cows and sheep. Korea went through a major change. They went from a third world country to a first world country during the time that my grandmother left Korea. So the Korea that she knew didn't exist anymore. Even her old town didn't exist anymore. The names have changed And the streets were paved over. There were high rises where once there used to be farms. So in reality, my grandma couldn't go back to Korea that she knew. Because it wasn't there anymore. Unless there was a time machine. Going back to where she came from was impossible. So back to Angela. Angela's parents couldn't make ends meet. And they weren't able to achieve their American dream. So they moved back to Korea when she was 13 years old. After trying to make it in America for 12 years. So they went back to the only home that they knew. Back to Korea. Did Angela find the Korea that she knew from when she was an infant? And did Angela find that K-pop superstar? Moving to Korea really kind of shattered like my growth because, oh, that sounded so dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) Let me marinate on that. Um, It wasn't as depressing, but like the first thing that affected me was leaving behind my good knit of friends here and having to start over and finding a community there. I think communication is the biggest thing when it comes to interaction. Communication also comes with understanding one another emotionally and just circumstance-wise, or if you guys are on the same page. Before moving to Korea, I spoke Korean, but it was very choppy and I mispronounced a lot of words. So when I went to Korea, that really bothered me and it also came in the way between me and meeting new friends because we just couldn't interact comfortably. Also, my type of humor wasn't like their type of humor. A lot of like insiders and jokes and like um, slangs here. And I thought maybe that'd be funny in Korea. So I, but they didn't understand. So I'm like, "Uh, you guys aren't laughing. What's going on? My friends, they'd only talk about like celebrities or a drama or like um, a comedy skit. That's, in the Korean like um, channels. I'm like, I don't know these channels. I don't know these shows. I don't know these actors, these Korean slings. So just um, starting on that, that was really hard. And then also texting in Korean was so difficult. 
Yeah, new keyboard system. I remember the, f the first three months were so gruesome. I was like this grandma learning a new cell phone like program. I was typing like one key per minute. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was a slow texter. The communication that I had in Korea with um, the different people that I talked to, it was all in Korean, never in English. In Korean all the time. And it was basically learning a new language that fitting in with my school friends became kind of like a, a daily burden. In Korea, like, I think one of the most depressing things were um, not being able to speak in English. So when I went to this international school with a homeroom teacher from Texas, we were like best friends, like, you know, talking about Whataburger, in and out And like, that was just one of the best things ever. Like, I was happy finding someone that could exchange dialogues in English and sense of humor, yes. So um, the students saw that as me basically kissing up to the teachers, but when, the other students saw me comfortably just exchanging dialogue and laughing and giggling with the um, the homeroom teacher. I could say I sensed a little jealousy and a little like, oh, why is Angela, you know, like kissing up to the teacher when in reality what they were perceiving was wrong. It was really shitty, <laughs> the school that I went to and then I wasn't learning as well. I was basically just memorizing and like memorizing for the sake of passing a test. And then I just missed America a lot when I was in Korea, like the two years I was there. Oh, I just had an epiphany. I think the most like, self-defeating thought I had in Korea was man if i didn't if i didn't move to korea then this could have happened like i was just thinking of the possibilities that i could have had if i um if i continued growing up here in california i couldn't really project who i was um who i truly was because conveying myself was so hard in korean and i was hiding myself in this bubble like i had to follow um like the korean standards um i think more than anything the thought of conforming to korea consumed my mind instead of the thought of me building myself as a person and my character and just me not being able to find the right community for me. I wasn't depressed, but I was just sad a lot of the times because yeah, my parents knew that I just wasn't having a good time. Like every time waking up to go to school or um, just the car ride, they would feel how low I was at that time. So I lived in Korea for two years. Then, you know, me experiencing like so many different emotions that I've never experienced, like stress. Um, I just, I just become a deeper thinker. <laughs> and so all these things just made me realize, man, I think I should go back to America. Like I missed like the American um, like community. So I was like, mom, dad, peace. I'm a, um, I'm a go back. Go back to where you came from. In order to do that, you have to know where you came from. For my grandmother, where she came from wasn't a place but a time. For Angela, her home was America, where she grew up and where her heart was. So when Angela was 15, 
she left her parents behind in Korea and came back home to America all by herself. So I came back when I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah, I'm so fortunate to have family that like really caressed me and like that have open arms towards me. So I was fortunately able to come back because my aunt and uncle were here. Yeah, I'm so happy. Um, so I guess like what happened up until now, there were a lot of ups and downs. Um, I don't want to sound cliche, but they really helped me develop as a person kind of um it took me out of ignorance the thought of me no longer having to think about what i was missing out on really like makes me uh, feel accomplished <laughs> of course i wouldn't be doing justice to teenhood if i didn't ask angela about boys They tell me, like, you need to meet a Korean man, you know? Keep your Korean roots and have a 100% Korean kid. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm into Koreans. I'm into Americans. I'm into humans. So, like, yeah. I adjust to wherever I am. That's the funny thing. So, when I, before I moved to Korea, I loved Filipinos. We called them the swag faggots because they just dressed really swag with Obey and the streetwear. I was really into that. Oh, with the snapbacks too. And they're nicely, t oh, that's, that's what I was into. But then when I moved to Korea, flower boys, that's what you call it. For a period of time, I was into them because I was also into K-pop. But now coming back, I like people like Thor, you know, like that with long hair. I don't know if it's because I'm here in Santa Monica now or like the surfer hair. I'm not sure. Right now, it's I love He-Mans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... So yeah, I I'm kind of into He-Mans now, but yeah, I just adjust with wherever I am. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm Korean-American. I'm both. Um, I can't really choose I'm that or that or I'm more of that or that because I'm not me without the Korean side of me, nor am I not me because I'd be missing the American side of me. I think both sides really make who I am. I'm like this Twinkie or banana, as you as people say. <laughs> you know what? I kind of am a chameleon. Like, um, having had like my childhood and my teenhood, I just see myself trying to um, blend in with people without any like disruptions or like ups and uh, I mean like any like frictions in between. I just want to adjust. Kind of like with the type of guys I'm into. It just depends where I am. Like, yeah, I'm a chameleon. <laughs> You know that little voice that's in your head and drives you crazy? This is the part where I like to ask my guests, what language is your inner monologue talking to you in? So whenever I'm talking to myself, my self dialogues, when I'm being critical, harsh, or if I'm ranting, it tends to be in Korean. Maybe it's because I was so endured, like discipline consequences always came in korean to me from my parents oh well um the times i speak to myself in english maybe when i'm contemplating when i'm shopping that's the only example i could think of when i'm shopping like let's say i'm at urban outfitters and i see this really awesome tea 
but then I don't need it. I'm like, girl, like I, ca- I call myself girl. Like it's so funny. I'm like, girl, do you really need that? Is that vanity or do you really need that? Like I talk to myself in English. Thank you for listening to another episode of America Redefined. Please visit America Redefined on iTunes. Or you could also visit my website, www.yomamarice.com. If you have any stories to share, have any concerns or comments, you could also email me at yomamarice at gmail.com. Just like that saying, home is where the heart is. Where is your heart? <laughs>